0: The audio podcast edition of Farlands or Bust is made possible by support from fans on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash KurtJMac to keep this series commercial free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Wolfie, or the backside of Wolfie's head anyway. And welcome back to Farlands or Bust. Woof! This is not episode 511. This is episode 512! Look at how crazy and off-kilter the, the sign is compared to the, the stuff behind it. The stuff, the blocks, the textures behind it. Oh, you can make it... I can make it incrementally slide like that. Anyway, we're amused by the offset in our floating point precision of this Vidge game. But that is no matter, because after 500 episodes of walking, it is only going to get worse. It is only going to get worse. But that's okay, because today, it's okay, because today is Tuesday. Oop, and I'm stuck. Hello. Hi. Can I come out? Yep, thank you. (laughs) Today is... Oh, Wolfie can't come out. Yellow. How about you just just teleport? How about you do one of those jabbies? Or you just take the long way. That's fine. It is uh, Tuesday, like I said. Tuesday. September 29th excuse me Tuesday September 29th I, I suffered a mild stroke there Tuesday September 29th 2015 already already the 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 days of, of October are upon us and we are going to continue walking west to those far lands that we mentioned before here in episode 512 that I already mentioned it was episode 512 it's not episode 511 it's episode 512. But uh, yeah, as we continue here, we are continuing to raise money for Child's Play Charity. Trying to raise $60,000 for Child's Play Charity. And we just passed the $5,000 mark here in Season 6. We are up to $5,093.49. That is uh, 8%. 8% of the way there. Obviously, when we reach $6,000, that will be 10%. Because math! I do it in my head sometimes. Trademark, copyright, Kurt J Mac, 2011. Uh, the yeah, the Farlands is where we're going, and the Child's Play Charity is who we're supporting at uh, FarlandsBus.com. You can learn more specifically spelunk, about careful Wolfie. How did you hurt yourself jumping into a pool of very accessible water? Honestly, honestly, you could learn excuse me about Child's Play Charity specifically at ChildsPlayCharity.org. And, uh, yeah, I think that that about wraps that up now, doesn't it? That about wraps that up. I'll see you tomorrow. Um, tomorrow? Well, not even tomorrow. But, uh, anyway, yeah, we're continuing on here. Last episode was episode 511. Uh, since we left for the Far Lands on episode 11, that's kind of a an important little milestone, but really a little bit too close to the episode 500 milestone, uh, even closer to the previous Flabathon we had. That uh it's all just starts to blend together. Look at this neato place. It's just a big notch. A notch, perhaps we could call it Notch's Notch. <laughs> oh man, that is kind of cool though. We already have the Fist of Notch near the first F3 monument at 292202. Whoops. Fallen in the water. But now we have Notch's Notch. <laughs> oh man, the Notch of Notch. Of great notchitude. So, anybody uh, see anything interesting in the sky last night? (laughs) The moon, maybe? The moon! That's right, it was the super moon, super blood moon eclipse yesterday. Many of us got a treat there, some of us got clouded out. But, ooh, ooh! It's like a, a bowl. The bowl of Notch, the cereal, Notch's cereal bowl. Does Notch even eat cereal? These are questions that I do not have the answer to, I'm afraid. If he did, this is where he would eat them out of. It would be a, a, a kind of a not a structurally sound cereal bowl. It would all spill over that side, but that's beside the point. Uh. So yeah, the supermoon eclipse was last night. I indeed caught it, although I didn't have uh, my grandiose plans of heading out to the mountains or seeing it rise above the mountains or the... The desert, uh, you know, as a... Oh, got all this damage you're taking, Wolfie. As I said I might do previously, possibly could have. It was cool. It was cool seeing from where I live, you can see rise above the horizon, the moon as it was already in progress being eclipsed. Because you get that kind of illusion whenever the moon is closer to the horizon, you get the illusion that it appears much larger than, than, than you think. Uh, even though it it stays the same size no matter where it is in the sky. It is an illusion, but that is a cool illusion, especially when it's a quarter covered up by the Earth's shadow during the eclipse. So that was kind of neat, and I'm like, well, ah, it would have been cool to go out to the mountains and see that rise over a, a mountain or a cliffside or something. But uh, then again, perhaps not. I'm not much. I tried to take some pictures. Uh, didn't turn out too well. I am apparently not much of a photographer, specifically if I don't prepare ahead of times, Um, but uh, yeah, maybe in the future. I don't know, I'm not really that interested in astrophotography. It is a a difficult and an expensive hobby. Even just, you know, they make attachments for DSLRs to attach to telescopes, essentially using them as giant lenses. As it were, those zombie spawner probably, those, uh, those, that's probably one of the easier way, the easiest way is to just use an eyepiece and, like, a lot of people hold up their iPhone cameras or their phone cameras to the eyepiece of a telescope and you're able to take a picture. Uh, But even that's kind of difficult to get it right in the sweet spot. Uh, But yeah, I guess the next step would be to attach a, a DSLR to the business end of a telescope. Of course, then... You do have these right-angle prisms that allow you to both put an eyepiece in, so you can look through the telescope to make sure your subject is in the frame and then you flip a little mirror down so that the light then goes directly to the camera. It starts to get very complicated and then you can go even further and get specifically made digital kind of webcam technology to attach to your telescope and then if you have a computerized mount, you can have a separate guiding camera, a camera that's a guide camera, Uh, you can have a separate guide telescope attached to the same mount essentially. Uh, You basically put a field of stars in the guide, uh, the guider scope and the camera in the guider scope. tries to keep those same arrangement of stars in those same pixels in those same pixels in the uh, the detector, the, the, uh, what, what is it called? The, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the detector. What, what are those called? I should know this. I worked at Circuit City for a while and sold digital cameras. The, what are those things called that detect the light pixels? They have pixels, but they're not pixels. They're the opposite of pixels. Anyway, the, you know, the CMOS, CMOS, uh, Thing, <laughs> What are those called? There's like a word. There's a word for those, but I can't think of what it is. Anyway, it tries to keep them in the same pixels and will adjust your tracking on your telescope just so that you can get a steady shot and then that allows you to take longer exposures without getting blurry so that you can take deeper sky objects. It gets really complicated, which is why I have avoided for the sake of my own sanity and the sanity of my bank account. I've avoided all and most astrophotography, and have have stuck to to optical astronomy. Uh, when I do, I did not take out my my telescope last night. It's uh, the full moon is kind of boring to look at with a telescope, <laughs> and uh, it's because there's no shadows on anything. It's best to look at a, a moon that is a crescent or you know a quarter moon or whatever, because then you get the you can really see the depth and the mountains and the craters and stuff. Uh, These are different shadows. That's the terminator between the day and the night side of the moon. Different shadows than the shadow placed upon it by the Earth. You're not getting any depth there because it's just a a shadow from a different source. Uh, There's still a a direct spotlight on it from the Sun. Uh, I did take out the binoculars, looked at it through the binoculars a little bit, it was kind of neat. wasn't as blood-moony as a lot of people were expecting. That has to do with the atmosphere. I remember there was a while ago. Was it early 2000s or something? There was a lunar eclipse, and it was really red, I think because there had been recently a bunch of volcanic activity on the planet, and all that dust gets into the atmosphere and refracted and reflected or whatever through the atmosphere and caused the moon to appear even redder. Uh, That's also the cause of very many uh, red, orange sunsets around the world, as if there's a lot of volcanic ash in the sky you'll notice similar things in like the pacific Northwest when there are a bunch of forest fires or whatever obviously a, a much worse condition to be in but the the sunsets will be very very uh photogenic and red and, and orange much more to even this degree that that you'll find just due to the particulates the particulates in the atmosphere but it was all right there will there will not be another super moon eclipse until twenty thirty three so certainly not a very rare event and there will even be other... will there not be other eclipses? Lunar eclipses as well? I don't know. Probably, uh, but as far as the supermoon eclipses are concerned, uh, I think 2033 is is the next time that will be happening. So yeah, hopefully hopefully you had some clear skies and were at least able to, to step out after dinner or just at some random time to say, oh, yep, there it is. There's the moon and it, it does not look as though it is full anymore. So that that is a neat thing to see, indeed. But another neat thing to see is uh, me going to sleep at night here in Farlands of so that we may... Ooh. Ooh, where did you come from? Oh, you guys are spawning fast! It's almost as if it's a supermoon eclipse! No, well, it's not. Hey, uh... Uh-oh, Wolfie, careful, careful, Wolfie, Wolfie! Oh, and it's raining! Ow, oh, did I just shoot you? I just shot Wolfie. Let's go to sleep in the rain and then we'll uh, feed Wolfie in the morning. This is... This is worse than the Supermoon eclipse. I'm getting all wet. Oh no, another zombie is coming. Um. Well, he can't get me, so. And awakeness. And dry-offness. And burning zombiness. Well, actually, not really a burning zombiness, because he's He's in the water. Have a seat, Wolfie. Wow, that was some. Some damage you took. Oh, I need more. Definitely need more food. Woof! How are you doing? Move. Move out of the way! Why did they all spawn? That seemed like they spawned really early, did it not? Hmm. Unless I'm just... I'm I'm so used to... I'm so dark uh, sky acclimated from looking at the moon yesterday that I have no idea how dark it is getting here in Far Lands or Bust. These are dangerous times. <laughs> oh, man. Huh. I guess I shouldn't have bothered to even hit the zombie, because then Wolfie went after it after I hit the zombie. I've learned my lesson. Other news, space news, if you will, is over the weekend, NASA announced that on Monday today, when I'm recording this, uh, it's actually Tuesday when you're watching this, probably, that NASA had a big announcement about findings about Mars... And oh, that got the internet so rumblin' <laughs> and uh, speculating and thinking about what it could possibly be. And I already kind of guessed that I'm sure it's just some other additional confirmation of of water on the surface of Mars. That's always what it is. Not to poo-poo the, the event; it's it's good stuff. But uh, yep, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> uh, essentially, there are these water flows on Mars and uh, they've known about them for quite a while. Actually, I do remember, uh, speaking of announcements about Mars from NASA, when I was at the Juno launch NASA tweet-up conveniently at NASA Kennedy Space Center. I think it was after the launch. Yeah, after the launch had actually happened. There was a, a press conference that they had piped into our tent on NASA TV because NASA TV was obviously on in the tent at NASA. Uh, and they made an announcement that they through the the satellite imagery the high-rise imagery they they discovered throughout the seasons on like these cliffs and and mountainsides you can notice little dark streaks that appear and then disappear with the seasons and it was it was guessed that that was flowing water on on the surface of Mars like it would melt it would thaw and then flow much like water does here on Earth, down the sides, like little sides, mountains, cliff faces, the edges of craters, or whatever and and then it would evaporate and disappear and then it would happen again the next year, but in different patterns so this was this was like new water, so that was kind of the first evidence of flowing water on Mars What am I trying to do here? I'm trying to make some boats This is the, literally taking the same water flows, the same features except now they've actually been able to properly analyze the chemicals to further confirm, this is simply further confirmation, that this indeed is liquid water. It is a very salty, extremely salty, extremely briny water, which is why, even though in the spring and summertime on Mars, it is still well below the freezing point of water, even more so specifically within the atmosphere of Mars. Uh, The freezing point of water is different on Mars atmosphere than it is here on Earth. atmosphere uh, due to the densities of the atmosphere, blah, 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 blah. Uh, But even so, this water is very salty, very briny, so it melts at a much lower temperature where pure water would still be frozen. Uh, and uh, it, it's simply further confirmation, which is fine, which is fine. This is how science works. You have a finding, uh, you have an observation, and then later on you need to get additional confirmation via different methods of of scientific inquiry, if you will, and I will, and they do, and uh, so this is how science works. And you know, we've long known that there's water in the soils on Mars. Uh, the flowing water bit is is interesting and, and good good information to have. Uh, but we've long known that there's water. We've long known that the the ice caps, the poles, of you know, the Phoenix lander discovered this stuff by discovering the sublimation of water. That is. Uh, the ice water going directly from a solid to a gas. Uh, so we 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 know there's water right now on Mars, uh, but the flowing part of it is, is interesting news. It is just a little bit... You, you, and I've seen similar reactions on Twitter is, did they really need to like tease this like a week ago and get everybody up in a... I mean, it's good, I suppose it, it gets people talking about it. Wow, look at this awesome waterfall. Top 10 waterfall right here, guys. Mark it down on your calendars. Whoa! Yes! That's great news. I like this one a lot. Let's check it out. It honestly looks... Oh, no! There's a whole opening here and it goes on top of a tree. You dang tree. Here, have a... Whoa! Whoa! I said have a seat, Wolfie. Oh, perfect! Picture time. Wait, gotta trim the hedges. Whoops. Okay, there we go. Oh! (laughs) He's looking at the camera. Quick, take the picture. I need a bit of a wider angle here. Hold on, let me switch out my lenses. Ghosts breaking down leaves. Oh, he's looking! Screenshot. Let's do a little bit of a panoramic... panorama... panoramical. Wolfie, you're looking the wrong way. There you go. Good job. (laughs) Go back to looking the wrong way. Neat. I like this place a lot. All right, let's uh, get him up and get rid of the seeds. Why don't we? Wolfie! (laughs) Let's stand Wolfie up. Eeeeee! Off the cliff edge, he goes. Let's investigate this a little bit. This is a kind of cool. Little, I do like the narrow, the narrow canyons. The narrower, the better. I'm not a fan of the waterfall hitting the tree. That really wouldn't make too much sense. But I will, I will accept it. I'll accept it as a natural, naturally generated Minecraft situation here. Neat. Uh, so yeah, basically, this is what the press conference was about. And they kind of did. There need to be a press conference. Uh, you know, some people are saying, oh, maybe they kind of very sneakily and appropriately timed this near the release of the movie The Martian to get people talking about the actual science on Mars versus the theatrical, the the novel, the, the Matt Damonical stuff, hubbub around Mars. And that's fine. I mean, I'm all for getting people excited about space, but you tend to hope it doesn't have a negative effect because perhaps there are folks out there who aren't as space-NASA-savvy as, say, you and I are who will, like, NASA has something exciting to say about Mars on Monday in a press conference. Their mind, obviously, is going to go to LIFE! LIFE! Or aliens! Or this or that or the other. And, And then when they hear it is really just this very specific, very scientific process, very chemical and you know, just data, not even really any like interesting, well, I mean, there's interesting pictures, obviously, but uh, it's all data points and chemistry and whatever uh, that they might get a little bit, you know, get a little bit disappointed. Kind of the Boy Who Cried Wolf situation there on NASA's part. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Perhaps I'm overlooking it. Uh, But I I tell you right now, Whenever you do hear any of these things, like, oh, we've got some interesting, brand new news about Mars, specifically, or even any of the other planets, it's never going to be life. I'm not saying there isn't specifically any sort of life right now, but I'm saying it's never going to be life because none of our instruments that we have on Mars have any sort of capability, in the least, of detecting life. And none of the rovers, uh, none of the satellites, none of the landers, nothing has... They're they're all there to study geology and chemistry, uh, and, and wouldn't wouldn't know the broadside of a of a pig <laughs> from from the from from the back of their hand, as it were. So, just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Whence, whence boarding the, the hype train around such things as those. But that's no matter. Cool, cold space news. Nice to have a little additional confirmation there about that stuff, which is neat. And you know, it's kind of like I said when I was at the Kennedy Space Center for the Juno launch, and they released that, and that was that was pretty, that was a pretty hype moment, I suppose, because it was kind of the first evidence of flowing, flowing water on the surface of non-polar regions of Mars, and it was kind of cool because Bill Nye, the science guy, was standing right next to me. You know, he was part of that 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 group. So he kind of like turned around and gave us all a little bit of a science lesson about oh how that could happen and uh, the differences of the the type of uh, waters sublimation or or it couldn't it might not be water it could be some other sort of uh, force happening on the surface of Mars but now we we finally do have that confirmation that yeah it is it's water not water you'd want to drink on account of how very very salty and very very briny and all this other gunk that's in there that makes it so viscous and uh, makes the the melting point much much lower, but uh, water water all the same there. Water all the same. Speaking of water, let's get across this little body of water. And some nice speaking of cliff faces over there as well. We'll meet some some wild pack of wolves. Go to sleep hopefully without incident this time, right, Wolfie? Woof. Oh, that might not have been Wolfie. That might have been that guy. Wolfie, there's Wolfie. You're embarrassing yourself in front of your friends. All right, so let's uh, make the elevated hidey hole here, and then uh, in the morning we'll get to some questions, because, like I said, now I've got I've got many, many more questions, thanks to all the people who have donated to Child's Play Charity and given me things to talk about here. I don't know why I insist on making these elevated hidey holes on the corner of ledges like I'm doing right now and on the previous night, but that's all right. We'll figure it out. <laughs> all right, let's go to sleep. Awakeness. whoops and twisting my ankleness got a question here from what appears to be an anonymous donor oh god oh god <laughs> run away is he dead is he gone it's crazy anonymous donors showing up and shooting arrows at us crazy guys Huh. You'd expect that sort of thing to come from a spawner or something, but I guess he just, he's just hanging out. Uh but anyway, yeah, this anonymous donor. Here's some some planetary questionnaires to, to go with the theme of today's episode. What would your habitable planet Wasteland zombie or non-zombie apocalypse dream team B Oh, this actually, I, I saw Habitable Planet and I thought this was going to be an astronomy question, but it is n- nothing of the sort. Uh, for example, how many people? What gender mix, occupation, ages, human, organic, or robots? I don't know. My dream team would probably be me by myself. As it is here in Farlands, or bus, possibly a dog, possibly a dog. Didn't Mad Max have a dog at one point, and it was an Australian cat dog because they film in Australia, obviously, but it's also set in Australia. I'm talking about the the Mel Gibson uh, Mad Max, not recent Mad Max. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't like the pressure of being responsible for others. Uh, similarly others being responsible for me. I'm <laughs> um, not a big fan of that overall. I'm also just, in general, not a big fan of apocalyptic stuff, shows, movies, books or anything like that. The, I don't know, it just doesn't strike me as an interesting genre to my personal taste. So I really don't have never thought about this at all. Even video games, not much for the Left for Deads or the the survivals, or the forests, or, or any of these... You're out on your own and there's cannibals after you, or whatever... Uh, so, you know, fallouts, even to that degree. Uh, that might be more because it's the, the RPG aspects of it versus the other the other kind. Uh, but... Yeah, I I would prefer to be by myself, probably. I might not last long because of that, but... At least at least I'd be happy for the few moments, I suppose, I guess. I don't know. Oh man. These are some really we've got some really nice uh Highlands that we're, I suppose, walking through today, or walking adjacent to Some some nice Minecraft beta one point seven point three terrain generation we're experiencing. All all worthy places of settling down, setting up camp, building a castle or a city or something, but we will not be doing such things. This would be a nice pre-made basement for a pretty big building right here or something. Got it all planned out, but we will not be stopping for any such any such shenanigans. We must keep on. But yeah, thank you, uh, Monsieur or Madame Anonymous for, for the donation and that question. Let's see here. Peter has asked, would you ever consider playing the Legend of Zelda games. I know you don't exactly like Nintendo, but they're very similar to Tomb Raider. They're very similar to Tomb Raider. I must be thinking of the a different Legend of Zelda game. They're very similar to Tomb Raider in gameplay, and you could always emulate them. Um, no, I have never considered. I've never been into the Zelda games. I think I had the first Zelda game on the original NES. But I never played it. It was kind of like probably one of those that came with the "Careful, Wuffy! came with the console, I think. Uh, but I never played it just because I wasn't into that kind of. I, can you call that an RPG? I don't know. Could you? I don't know. But uh, I was just never never into that stuff. I played a little bit of it, but I'm like, this isn't my cup of tea. Let's let's get back to. Uh, Bill Elliott's NASCAR racing, 1994 or whatever it might have been, but. Uh, but yeah, it was just never into them, and yes, of course, you do know my current my current uh political affiliations against Nintendo based on their treatings woo, of the YouTube communities, the let's play communities. So I will not be partaking in any such things, and there will not be any There will be no Nintendo console in this household, I declare. I doth declare. It's not really like a huge protest or or boycott or anything I just I don't even want to uh, entertain the idea of the possibility that they would take over videos on my channel so I'm not even gonna give them a chance uh, I'm not even gonna bother uh promoting them or even you know uh, pushing those on my subscribers for that reason I suppose i am I am of of uh of noble quest in that regard. No, I don't. <laughs> I am special, and you should all regard me as such for such things as these. For these sacrifices I am making in the name. In the name of. Anti content IDness. <laughs> oh, brother. So, yeah. not nope, that. I mean, I think that's. That is a, an open and shut case. The case is closed. Uh, gosh, I'm using a lot of boats here for a for a guy traveling through all these mountains Boat guy? Alright, we've got a series of questions uh, Again, from an anonymous person it would appear I might be forgetting to take down these people's names Uh might be the problem I apologize if I accidentally call your questions anonymous and they were not uh, I, I, it's possible I got lost in the shuffle. Uh, but there, there's a series of questions from somebody who noted that I was running out of questions, so they gave me a bunch. What is your favorite type of soup? Favorite type of soup? I don't like soup that much. Um, especially since it's hard, at least for the canned stuff, to find gluten-free soup. A lot of times they will put wheat wheat starch to, to thicken the base of the soup is generally the typical way they do it. Um, so I don't know that I have a favorite type of soup. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big soup guy. No, I'm not, I can't even think about it. Like a creamy potato is pretty good, if it's got little bacon or ham bits in it or something like that. Creamy potato, indeed. I always, well, before, prior to the gluten-freeness, I really did like the 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 broccoli cheddar soup at your, your local Panera or Corner Bakery in, in a bread bowl, but those days have come and gone, obviously uh, But yeah, not, not big on the soup, especially here in Phoenix it is not necessarily soup weather, ever So, uh, favorite type of iced cream? Hmm... Hmm... Once again, used to be cookies and cream Or no, 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 cookie dough! Cookie dough! It used to be cookie dough but no longer due to the gluten situation. Uh, I'm allergic to gluten. It's like a literal allergy. Uh, so it just for I always get you know why why are you gluten- free? It's just a fad. No no, I am literally allergic. It it, it is, it is there, there are reasons. I have my reasons. I don't need to explain to you see. Um, so probably I like uh, caramel, 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 caramel and uh, nuts. I mean, what, what would that be considered? Moose tracks, or something? Or uh, I did recently. There was like a little. Somebody had like a Snickers that was gluten free. It, it said so on the label. Label, uh, Snickers uh, Snickers bars by default are gluten free as well. However, you must be careful with these October Halloween times are coming. The little bite sized ones, you know, bite sized Reese's pieces, bite size the fun size, whatever. Uh, Al- uh, Almond Joys, the bite-size, the fun-size the bite fun Snickers The full-size bars are typically gluten-free The fun-size ones are generally made for the, the holiday on shared equipment So they very well may be cross-contaminated with wheat So keep that in mind, my fellow gluten-freeness Ooh, that <laughs> that, that cheap just per- turned pink momentarily when it took damage <laughs> But it, it did not stay that way, unfortunately Hey, you there, thank you uh, So yeah mm, Typically not too huge on the ice cream that much anymore as well I'm not not much on the sweets Will you make a vlog of carving a pumpkin sometime in October? I don't know Maybe Maybe not. I wouldn't know what to do. I would just be carving a pumpkin and be like, well, here's the pumpkin uh, And I don't even know that I will carve a pumpkin to be honest with you uh, I don't know is the answer to that question. Do you use recycled paper products in your house, like toilet paper made from recycled paper? Possibly. I typically don't go out of my way to try to find it if if it's on sale or if it's cheap it is my is my method for purchasing such toiletries and and sundry items. I recycle paper myself if that's a question. Do you what do you consider essential to keep in one's car? A tire gauge a tire gauge I have one in each of my cars even though the Subaru has its own tire warning system it doesn't tell you the exact the exact uh, pressure in, in the tire so a, a tire gauge and I the analog kind I've not had good luck with the digital tire gauges so I get the analog kind with a dial old needle needle and dial uh, tend to be more accurate in my personal opinion. Tire gauge, and uh, I have also started carrying around an actual tire pump in each of my cars. I had a bit of an issue with the old car before, where a tire was going flat but still maintaining air. I felt, like while I was working, it would deflate, so I like I needed to buy a right then and there a, a tire pump. So then I just started carrying one around, just in case. Just in case. Never really had to use it in an emergency, but it's nice to just have. In case you use your conveniently held uh, tire gauge to find out that you are a few pounds short or whatever in your tires, you can just quickly fill her back up. Uh, So those are pretty essentials, I'd say. Uh, We got like a few more questions here we can get through. Uh, If you could have a gluten-free meal... With any scientist, past, present, or future, what does the gluten-free have to do with it? Um, I have no idea. Do you love palindronic numbers as much as I do? Do I? Do I? I don't know about the gluten-free meal with any scientists, present, past, or future. I don't know that. Woof. Well, yeah, that, that's what Wolfie would do. I don't know many scientists, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, thank you for those very long series of questions. Random and completely non-sequitur questions from that anonymous donor. Our helmet is running low. Have I been hitting my head a lot or, or what? But, yeah, this will wrap up episode 512 of Far Lands or Bust. Thank you so much for watching. FarLandsOrBust.com to keep donating to Child's Play Charity. And as I've mentioned before, on Tuesday I'm normally live streaming on Twitch, for the vast majority of the day, so twitch.tv slash If you happen to be watching this on the day of release on Tuesday, I might be over there streaming. Just pop by and see, I guess. It's it's just trial and error. It's the only way to find out. So yeah, thank you so much for watching. My name is Kurt. I will see you next time. <laughs> That got the internet so rumblin'.